people of Earth, your planet has to be destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy the Show. I'm your host, Adam Todd Brown. Joining me as co-host this week, Connor is here. Yay! What's up, y'all? Putting the con in conspiracy. God damn right. Back in the trap. It's good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, man. How's it going? It's going good. I'm excited to talk about my favorite conspiracy today. And uh, in I think just communicating with you about doing this episode, I had to ex- I, I realized and accepted that it is my favorite conspiracy. Yeah, this is a good one. I have conflicting feelings on Stephen Greer. Is that what we're calling this conspiracy? Stephen Greer? Yeah, just Stephen Greer, just Stephen Greer's whole oeuvre. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. We've covered a few of his documentaries. You guys people, did Countdown to Disclosure, right? We did. Or Timeline to Covered like Unacknowledged at one point. I think me and you covered I think we did, because that's the 2017 one. Unacknowledged is pretty good. That's That one is mostly yeah. just, if I recall correctly, basically just a big laundry list of credible sightings. And um, when you look at it in the big two-hour chunk, you're kind of like, oh, shit. I mean, one of these guys has got to be telling the truth. Yeah, I especially like these episodes because I don't have to do much. Because this is a my favorite conspiracy episode where Connor is going to kind of run us through why you not i don't know i don't want to put it on you that you like absolutely believe everything about stephen greer but just tell us why it's it's your fave it's it's going to be challenging i'm used to being the color commentary guy on conspiracy the show (laughs) where adam spends five minutes complicated breakdown of geopolitical forces and entities and then i go yeah like a dog's asshole yeah and uh i'm gonna be the dog's asshole guy this week and I'm, I'm, you, you deserve a break today, Adam. I think you do. <laughs> I appreciate it. Today we're going to focus on um, one of his earlier documentaries because I think it's the strangest one and has the most shit in it that's not in all the other ones. Because as we talked about a little bit before we started making this episode, uh, Stephen Greer really knows how to make the same movie five times. He sure does. He makes the same movie five times, but almost every time I watch one of his movies, I'm like, This should have maybe been two or three movies because he really covers a lot of ground and And, and does a lot of jumping around. I've kind of combined stuff from four of his docs, a little bit from the serious doc, a little bit from Unacknowledged that I remember, uh, but mostly Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. And then his new one, The Lost Century, which uh, is kind of just a run through of I believe we did an episode about like free energy devices and guys like Stan yeah. Meyer and the um, the Earth battery and shit like that. But um, so the whole Stephen Greer story really starts. Well, it really starts when he has this cosmic consciousness experience. But in terms of the public eye and his kind of like notable works, it starts in 2001 when he led the Disclosure Project. This was a group of whistleblowers that testified before Congress. And uh, leaked a bunch of, you know, crazy, inflammatory alien information. And uh, right after 9-11 happened, and similar to uh, Paula Poundstone driving around drunk with those kids in her car, we all just kind of forgot about it. Because <laughs> 9-11 is 9/11, a very... 9-11, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, you... 
<laughs> yes, we all forgot about 9-11. That's like 10 years away, I think. But uh, it is coming when we all forget about 9-11. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, now in the documentary, uh, Greer claims after he drops unacknowledged, he says, well, of course, after I dropped unacknowledged, the CIA declassified hundreds of UFO docs. Uh, whether those two are related, I couldn't really tell you. But uh, it is another one of those coincidences. And he says uh, his thesis, uh, there is a counter narrative being formed to subvert the truth that includes the infamous Air Force glowing black saucer footage released by the military we've all seen. Yes. And I want to get into here what to me is like the bedrock of this conspiracy. And this I think he goes into an unacknowledged. And uh, this is one of the people that he had with him at the Disclosure Project in Washington in 2001. It's a woman named Dr. Carol Rosin. We went on to found, a, not found, but run Fairchild Industries, an aerospace company. And she was the assistant of Dr. Werner von Braun. Oh, no. For a guy named Braun. He's very, very white. <laughs> He's a Nazi, which is the whitest you can possibly be. Yeah, yeah. It's white uh, as it gets. Now, there's a great photo of Werner von Braun watching the Apollo rockets take off. And you can see this really fucked up scar on his face. And I learned about this from the Truanon podcast. Apparently, back in the, um, you know, German boarding school days, if someone cut your face fencing, they would stuff the wound with horsehair so it would heal all fucked up and you'd have a big, scary, evil James Bond villain scar, really just for the purpose of looking evil. And you can see on his face his Nazi fencing scar as he's standing next <laughs> to like fucking the president and all this, all the top ranking officials. So I'm going to be honest, that might be the only Nazi policy I agree with. That sounds rad <laughs> as shit. It is cool. You, you, like like the uniforms, if we just divorce it from right. every single right. other thing, the, they got the aesthetics <laughs> nailed. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah, a reason amazing. every bad guy in every movie rips them off. Right. Now, Werner von Braun, he escapes Germany. And by escapes, I mean, uh, he's, he's literally flown out by America, op Operation Paperclip. Absolutely. We want to get all the good scientists. He was the guy who came up with the V2 rocket, which, again, divorced of what it was used for, is fucking amazing. Before computers, before anything, a rocket that can go from Germany to Winston Churchill's front, front yard accurately is, an, is a fucking amazing invention. Yeah. In 1945. It's Absolutely. It's like I went to the China Lake military base and I watched this whole documentary with my pops about how the Sidewinder whistle missile works. And there's a barometer and a mirror and it's all analog, but it's a heat seeking missile, you know, and it's just yeah. one of these crazy analog inventions. He's a brilliant guy, works for NASA. And he um, in the later years of his life, he's dying of cancer. And when Carol Rosen meets him in 1974 and I actually pulled this whole quote just because I think it's interesting and I wanted to get it straight from the horse's mouth. She says, what was most interesting to me was a repetitive sentence that he would say to me over and over again during the approximately four years that I had the opportunity to work with him. He said the strategy that was being used to educate the public and decision makers was to use scare tactics. That was how we identify an enemy. The strategy that Werner von Braun taught me was that first, the Russians are going to be considered the enemy. In fact, in 1974, they were the enemy, the identified mm -hmm. enemy. We were told they had killer satellites. We were told that they were coming to get us and control what we had as commies. Then terrorists would be identified, and that was soon to follow. We know for a fact that this happened now. Yeah. And we heard a lot about terrorism. Even this writing is in the year 2000, which is predates 9-11. So mm -hmm. she's calling this before 9-11. I mean, you could say she's calling it off of the 93 terrorist center attacks or the USS right. Arizona, but they are obviously the scapegoat that we went to after the fucking fall of Soviet Russia. Then he said we were going to identify third world crazy countries. We now call them nations of concern. But he said that we would be the third enemy against whom we would build space-based weapons. The next enemy was asteroids. 
I imagine we'll be hearing about that in a couple months. <laughs> sure. And now at this point, he kind of chuckled the first time he said it. Asteroids. Against asteroids, we're going to build space-based weapons. And the funniest one of all was what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final scare. And over and over again, the four years that I knew him and was giving speeches for him, he would bring up that last card. Quote, and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens, and all of it is a lie. She goes on to say, Werner von Braun actually told me that the spin was a lie, that the premise for space-based weaponry, the reasons that we were going to give, and the enemies that were going to be persecuted, all based on a lie. So he's basically laying out sort of a deep state strategy for constant global war starting in 1974 that is so far played out completely accurately. Right. And, and I've that is a thing that when the CIA did release all those UFO files, at least the ones they had to release as part of like Trump's last COVID bill or whatever the hell that was, that was almost an immediate concern among people who were following UFOs, like after Roswell happened, was first it was kind of the CIA being like, hey, is this like our enemies trying to trick us in to, to doing stuff? And then almost immediately thereafter, they were like, oh, wait, can we do that? Like, can we use this? To, <laughs> yeah, can we to be the bad guys? That the stuff and that like people were concerned about that almost right away was the CIA was like perpetuating this. I actually and, think that the most compelling corroboration to all this Stephen Greer stuff is stuff from our favorite website, the CIA.vault.gov sure. or FBI.vault.gov. Right. Uh, and we'll get into some of that later. But um, I, I, it was uh, interesting you bring that up. It, uh, it does kind of dovetail. Oh, yeah, for sure. The documentary I watched today was Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind. Yes. And that's a big chunk of it is the idea that the U.S. government is pushing this idea that aliens are coming and they're hostile as a means of kind of putting a one world government in place. Yeah, as and a means of getting these black budget projects funded, you know, right. as a means of saying, don't fucking look at what Lockheed Skunk Works and Boeing are doing. Yeah. And that is that has to be one of the most enduring conspiracy theories in history. Like the new like that's basically the new world order. It's also quite strange that it really kicks into high gear after nuclear proliferations begins. Like that's yeah. when sightings really start to explode. And I actually heard the point made on another podcast recently that you could attribute this whole UFO phenomenon in America to the death of mysticism. And it's sort of taking the place of like fairies in Ireland or Shintoism in Japan or just spirits in general. Yeah. You know, like the idea of, uh, I don't know, woo woo stuff. Right. Uh, which I think is an interesting point. But when you just have all these pictures and all these people and all these witnesses and their lives are ruined by coming forward, you have to kind of think some of them are at least sincerely think they saw it. Like, I, I do think there's something to be said for the preponderance of all of this shit. <laughs> yeah. And that's a thing I bring up with people who are like super duper skeptical. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We don't, we don't know for sure. But how could we? Yeah, but when it, like one of the the main pushbacks you get is well, I'll believe it when I see evidence of it. And it's like you have, you just don't <laughs> yeah, believe you just, it. Yeah, you just said that's not evidence, which is not totally a point. Right. And now it's like the government is putting these videos out and they're like, look, that's that it's something for sure. 
And I think and, that the, the government has firewalls in its, even in its, like, the Air Force. I think that what the Air Force knows is not what black budget contractors know. You right. know, I, I think they want us to think that all that they know is what the Air Force knows, which is kind of right. jack shit. Like, they know, like, we've seen this shit. It's moving in ways we can't understand. Yeah. Yeah. The, you got to imagine those pilots in those videos. It's not like once they saw that, all the secrets the government knows about UFOs and aliens just opened up. <laughs> Yeah, for them. Although you'd be you'd be amazed at the shit that's, that's on FBI.vault.gov. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty damaging. Uh, yeah. Another uh, and while we're talking about the military industrial complex, another thing that I just I, I put in the beginning as as a sort of a tentpole of this conspiracy, something we know about very well. But just to reiterate, Eisenhower's farewell address, where he warns about this shit in the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. Yeah. President of the United States, 1958, I think. Yeah. And it's yeah, right around the time when, like, Kennedy seemed to have those same concerns. Like, oh, yeah. Secret societies within the government. That was one of his last speeches. Yeah. And then he gets assassinated. And, like, the, the government assassinations in the 60s, I think, are... Kennedy, Kennedy, ex-king. Yeah, it's like the entire progressive movement in this country got assassinated, like all in relatively short time. I'd like to quote short- the great Ian Edwards, who said, here's how I know Jesse Jackson is not a great racial leader, because the guy that shot Malcolm, Malcolm uh, Martin Luther King had a clear shot at Jesse Jackson and said, no, he's more damaging alive than dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Stuff like that is so important for people who are skeptical of stuff like this to take into yeah. account. Like our government does some shit. Look at the Gulf of Tonkin. It's all this shit. You know, the stuff yeah. that we know to be true is so crazy that you must then accept the possibility of other crazy possibilities. MK Ultra also. MK like, Ultra, remote viewing. I mean, we're getting to, getting to remote viewing a little bit here, but all yeah. of this shit. They call it WSFM within the CIA, which stands for weird science and fucking magic. Yeah. <laughs> All of this woo-woo stuff. And it's the kind of thing where people who want to dismiss this kind of stuff, like right off the bat, a lot of times you'll hear like, well, if the government was able to do anything with MK Ultra, we would know. It's like, no, we wouldn't. What makes you think that? <laughs> Let's give away our edge. That's what the government loves giving yeah, away a competitive yeah. edge. Yeah, there's absolutely no way. That's why they cut your taxes every year and and we get freer all the time. And like, I I wonder that about like the stealth bomber, like the Arizona lights incident. There are aspects of that that sounds so much like the stealth bomber. And then the stealth bomber like was made public two months later. And like, look at the SR-71 Blackbird. You ever seen the SR-71 Blackbird? No, I have not. I've heard of it, but I have not seen it. Uh, Google it when you get a second. It looks like something out of fucking Star Wars. It was designed in like the late 40s, early 50s, and it was in operation until like the mid 90s. It's an incredible piece of engineering that pops up right as soon as this Roswell shit, you know, the sighting shit, this nuclear proliferation shit. And uh, it's just fucking science fiction looking. And that's like, again, something that we know about. I've sat in one, actually. There's one at a March Air Force Base in Riverside. Oh, Uh, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, I also. uh, Oh, okay. let's. uh, Dr. Greer claims that this whole aliens are a threat narrative is a lie. Right. 
This is being used to drum up fucking all kinds of things. It's been worked on since the 50s. But he thinks the military is sincere in believing in a threat. It's one of these things where when uh, all you have is a hammer, all your problems look like nails. When a pickpocket meets a saint, all he sees are his pockets. And I kind of buy that. I kind of buy that even if government, even if aliens, as Greer claims, as we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, are all about peace and love and harmony. I, I do not think that the crew cuts in the uh, fucking Joint Chiefs of Staff would really see it that way. Yeah, not just that, but also they could both be right. Like, Yeah, there could, and then there could be aliens that want to fucking kill us too. Like the, the tactics Stephen Greer uses to communicate with aliens is, you know, it's a very, it's it's kind of a niche thing. What if it only attracts a niche type of peace, love, and alien. And then meanwhile, there's all sorts of other aliens who are also hearing Stephen Greer's calls. And they're like, fuck you, hippie. If there we'll wasn't come this- down there when you got something we need. If there wasn't this galactic treaty in place, I would fucking strip mine the gold from your feet so goddamn fast. As, exactly. someone who has, as someone who has gone way too deep on this on something called the Gaia channel, which is the official Amazon channel of being insane, uh, <laughs> I recommend it. There's alien disclosure people, some of them are in the Greer documentaries, that'll say like, the, the biological mammals are all pretty chill, but the insects are the ones you got to worry for. They're the ones that'll <laughs> fucking exterminate yeah. your planet. And I'm kind of like, oh yeah, that kind of, that weirdly makes sense, kind of, <laughs> or intuitive sense, I guess, at least. Yeah, I mean, it would stand to reason that if there are all these other life forms out there, they're not all going to be the the peace loving kind. I do like, also there's think there's going to be some Trump aliens, you know. There's going to be some Trump aliens. I I think that you know, uh, fascism could work. There could be a a fascist alien society. But I do think I agree largely with the idea that just looking at our own society, how tough it would be to get to a point of hyper advanced technology without blowing yourselves up if you didn't learn how to chill somewhat. Yeah. That's true. Like that is an interesting sort of Fermi paradox or uh, fucking like an Overton window kind of an argument that I, uh, I find somewhat compelling. And yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree with that. Guru says this whole alien threat from the military, basically what they see, this is, uh, you know, never let a good crisis go to waste. Rahm Emanuel and many people before him said that or believe that, that this is in the service of establishing a planetary government. Nothing would facilitate the creation of such a government like an outside presence. And not only that, Ronald Reagan gave a speech about this at the UN. Now, Greer chalks up him letting this idea slip as Reagan's optimism or his naivete, uh, Alzheimer's. It's kind of a nice way to say Alzheimer's. Right. Uh, But he said, perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bond. I occasionally think how quickly our worldwide differences would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from an outside world. And yet I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? What could be more alien to the universal aspirations of our people than a war and the threat of war? Kind of a hippie thing for Ronald Reagan to say. It sure is. I also and, don't know if I agree. Like, I don't know that at this point, I don't either. <laughs> an alien threat would be enough. It's already not. Like, I think that it would immediately be politicized. <laughs> and it it would seems just, like it already has been. It would like, be another Pete Davidson for us to argue about. Because there's already this rift between... Like Stephen Greer and is it Luis Elizondo? Oh, I, I think I know who you're talking about. I'm not sure. But he comes up in this documentary as one of the people who's pushing the idea that these alien crafts are possibly a threat. And I know those two have like 
a little bit of a rift and they kind of disagree on what this threat is about. So it's already happening. Like yeah. it's already to it's the It's already point. being politicized. He's yeah, Dr. Already, Greer is part of it. Yeah, there's already an aisle that has formed in this issue. Now to be now to be fair to Greer, I don't think he uh puts this Ronald Reagan quote because he agrees with him. I think he puts it in just because it's interesting world world it's, leader talking about this. And in fact, yeah. he didn't even put it in. I put it in. Yeah, it's a uh, world, it's a weird thing for Reagan to say. He also said, and this is sampled in an excellent Jay Electronica song, Real Magic, just on the notion of Ronald Reagan being a woo-woo crystal guy. He said, Winston Churchill said, the destiny of man is not measured by material computations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. And he said, there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which whether we like it or not, spells duty. So Ronald Reagan was kind of into some fucking hippie shit. Or, oh, you yeah, know, sure. his, his brain was melting in kind of a crystal boy direction. Yeah, his that a lot of that had to do with Nancy Reagan. She introduced a lot of seances those, in the White House, right? Yeah, all those weird like mystic advisors into. I mean, his you got to do something when you can't get piped on the weekends anymore. <laughs> Greer says major media is cooperating with the intelligence community with a subliminal threat narrative. We know that this happens in all sorts of arenas, right? We know that the CIA has contacts in every newspaper and fucking TV channel and every media outlet worth its salt that is uh, corruptible, which is most of them. That's a documented thing also when yes. talking about things Operation we, we know the government has done. Yep. Pro right? Project Mockingbird. Project Mockingbird. Like yeah. I think I remember we did an episode about that way back in yep. the day. Now, he brings in the guy here, Richard Doty uh, from the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, admitted to bringing bags of cash to national security editors to get their cooperation. Literal just bags of cash to... Hey, let us know what's going on. What are you? Let's, tell us what you're publishing. Yeah, and access is such a thing too. Like a lot of these outlets oh, yeah. are afraid if they question the government, they will lose the access they have to the government. And it's like, how do you not see how big of a conflict of interest that is? It it's it's a gigantic conflict of interest, and I, it's why like even England has a freer press than we do on some yeah. level. As barbaric as it is with the tabloids. Um, yeah. At this point in the doc, Greer goes into what we were just talking about. The nuclear site employees who have had equipment shut down by UFO crafts. Uh, there's a lot of these cases. Uh, he didn't get through all of them specifically. I think we might have talked about some of them before. But many of these men claim they felt a presence, like a spiritual presence, urging them to not blow up the beautiful planet we live on. This is something we also hear with like the sighting in Brazil at the school. All these right. children were like, oh, okay, the aliens were sort of telepathically telling them, like, stop fucking polluting and making Pop-Tarts and shit, you animals. Yeah, that's a weird one, because that's a whole school full of children. that Who, 40 years later, I'll say the same thing again. Yeah, yeah. You have to assume every one of those kids is just a straight-up liar. Now, and what they that? put together, they choreographed this huge lie. What's kids that? It's called like game show or something. That documentary about this conspiracy that was like kept under wraps at a game show from the seventies, and it's sort of a proof of concept that a, a large group of people can be manipulated and is all lying and doing something like this. And uh, I think that's I true, know. but like every time, yeah, every case, all of them. Yeah, it can't be all of them. There's no way. When you look at There's the no sheer way. preponderance of it, it's just like it's kind of overwhelming. Uh, now this is a guy who just watched, who just mainlined five Greer documentaries. So <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> exactly. Now he takes a moment here to diss Tom DeLong through a little shade Tom's way. He says that the, to the stars Academy, you may be familiar with their mainstream media push is 
part of the effort to spin the story towards the military's UFOs are a threat narrative. And I've watched a lot of the Tom DeLong stuff, and I think that's pretty close. It's uh, he, he does sound like he's kind of caping for the government. He gets a lot of his info from them. They decide what they want to tell him. You got to be careful with shit like that. Like the Richard Doty like, comes up. I believe Tom DeLong thinks he's doing the right thing. I don't think he's an asshole. You know, I think he's just kind of being played or it could be being played. Yeah. And that was Richard Doty's job with the government. We covered the Mirage Men documentary years ago. I think Laura Crawford was on that episode. I don't think you were on that. Okay. But I don't, have you ever seen Mirage Men? I haven't. I've heard of it. It's about Rich. It's an entire documentary about Richard Doty. Oh, okay. Cool. And his entire gig with the government was if you like spotted something in the sky that you thought was a UFO, but it was actually like a government project, he would show up magically at your door and be like, hey, that really was a UFO. And let me give you some more information to back that up. And it would be information that was easily debunkable. So once that person put that information out, the government could be like, see, this person's a liar. You don't have to listen to them. And if it was a UFO, he'd go out and be like, don't worry about it. It's just a plane we're working on. Swamp gas. Yeah. You just had a big old bag of red herrings and he said, take a red herring. Here's a red herring. Yeah. That was his whole job was to discredit people who saw shit in the sky. Uh, you and, know, it almost seems like that's the real men in black. It's the men in unabmar- unremarkable suits. <laughs> yeah. Just nameless, yeah, faceless. That, that famous, I don't know the exact quote, but Jesse Ventura talking about the meeting he had with the CIA. And he's like, they look just like your neighbors, Vince McMahon. <laughs> and I imagine they do. I'm like, sure they do. I'm sure like they, they act just like them suits. too. Yeah. It's probably fucking normal to them by now. They're like, Ugh, another day of saving the country from evil aliens. You know, they all think they're doing <laughs> they think they're doing the right thing. Yeah. By spying on my neighbors. Now, with this threat narrative, Greer argues that all fascism relies on the creation of a boogeyman. You know, that's that's a that's a good, you know, Jews in Nazi Germany, whatever yeah. Pol Pot was about. And here's where we get to, and I, again, someone we talked about before we started recording, that many of the most scintillating and uh, fucking sort of uh, mic droppy, exciting moments in these in these uh, documentaries are unsubstantiated anecdotes. But this one really gave me chills. And it's, I, it's one of these things where I just want to believe it's true because it's just awesome. A member of the royal family allegedly told Greer, we need to do things so the public will accept in blood and treasure the sacrifices needed to bring about an interplanetary war. Yeesh. Now, doesn't that sound like something the royal family would say? <laughs> it does, especially the blood and treasure. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's secret society talk. That right is how there. you talk when you're in a banking family. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? You stop calling it wealth or asset. It's treasure. <laughs> yeah. Pirate yeah, Those are strong words. And yeah, here- you mentioned the, the montage here. Yeah, the music no, he, in this in general is very interesting. It is very strange. There's a killer montage of why can't we be friends with aliens <laughs> killing us in alien movies as a supposed part of the psyop to make us think that they are a threat. Yeah. In the very beginning of the documentary also, there's like that cold open that lasts for like four or five minutes. And then they cut to the credits and it sounds like the intro to Saturday Night Live. It's just upbeat sax music. It's like, yeah, that's what right. is happening? 
Now, uh, I'll get ahead of myself a little bit here with the TV and movie stuff. Uh, the movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind dealt with telepathy, something that Greer claims is a major facet of alien communication. And he also right. says that this movie got a lot of things right, or a lot of things accurate in terms of these real-world UFOs that he claims to have um, some experience with. And what's interesting, and I've, I've read about this before, is that a guy named J. Allen Hynek, who was the head of Project Blue Book, a uh, official government alien project opened up these files for Spielberg, basically just kind of showed him some classified shit. And it's like, hey, if you need some inspo for your movie, use this. So now if it's in a Hollywood movie, it can't be true, right? Right. I've also heard the same thing about a movie called Race to Witch Mountain, which is like a oh, family wow. comedy featuring The Rock, which randomly just has a bunch of this alien shit kind of the same in it. Yeah, you do hear that as such a common defense too, where people would be like, oh, that's just a thing that was in a book. And it's like, but is the book based on the thing or <laughs> yeah, the yeah. story people are telling based on the book? Like which And also there can never be a coincidence where something in a book happens then in real life. Yeah. Like even the New World Order was a book by I wanna say H. G. Wells. Oh no shit. And yeah. He wrote That's a, a good chicken in the egg. He wrote a book called The New World Order. And if a person's defense is, oh well, that theory just comes from that book. It's not a fiction book. Like it was his thoughts on <laughs> what kind of government should form in the future. And it's very similar to people thought the, the wrong HG Wells yeah. story was real. They thought the fucking uh, war of the worlds was real when in fact the new world right. order was real. <laughs> yeah. New world order is the real one. Uh, you know, it war of the worlds. Maybe he was contributing to the new world order plot. Could probably, be. probably not back in 1929 or whatever, but um, yeah, that's a little early. Anyhow, Greer claims we've successfully downed many ET crafts, and he shows some interesting footage from the Discovery Space Shuttle that shows a UFO, a little white dot, dodging a big electric current of energy at astonishing speeds that we've seen these crafts move at, and the uh, UFO did not retaliate. It's an interesting video. I've, I've it seen is interesting. It yeah. Yeah. Now, Greer claims if they were hostile to us, we would have known as soon as we dropped the first atomic bomb, we would have been dead immediately if they wanted us to. I think this is another good argument for peaceful aliens is that, well, if they, why, why wouldn't they kill us? Is it yeah. a treaty? Are they, do we not have anything they want? Like, what is it? What is it then? Because they could clearly very easily, they could just fly these crafts through every building on earth in a, a millisecond, right? If they move at infinitely fast speeds, just, just yeah. warp it through the Chrysler building, you know, boom, boom, boom. And I mean, if they're working with the kind of technology that can get them here in the first place, there's bound to be some of that technology that's been weaponized in a way that could just destroy us in Absolutely. ways we can't even fathom. I mean, even if they don't have weapons, they have mining equipment or something, they could blow stuff up yeah. if they need to. Probably. So here we'll do a little review of what the different kinds of close encounters are. Close encounter, the first kind, it's a sighting with no interaction. You see a flying saucer in your backyard. You know, you get a blurry photograph of it. The only kind of photograph of UFOs that exist. Correct. Close, yes. Close encounter the second time. That's physical evidence, crop circles, burnt patches on the ground, wreckage, body parts. Close encounter the third kind, sighting of an actual flesh and blood alien being, or who knows if they have flesh or blood or what, but seeing right. one. Yeah. Close encounter of the fourth kind was added later, somewhat controversially. That's contact aboard a craft, alien abduction. And Dr. Greer, Dr. Greer claims he has invented the fifth kind, close encounters of the fifth kind, human-initiated contact. Right. 
He claims hundreds of contact experiences with his CE5 group and other, I would call them decentralized groups around the world. We see lots of uh, video footage from them throughout the documentary. And he claims the ETs are worried about our safety and our ability to destroy ourselves. They're almost here to be kind of a nanny to us. They've, he says that they've told him, uh, we can intercept a lot of your nuclear missiles if a nuclear war breaks out, but not all of them, you know? Yeah. Like we can, we're here to help is, is the idea. He goes on yeah, to talk about. That, yeah, that's an interesting idea. I, I also want, would wonder why, if that's the case, like why would the government not explore that possibility? Yeah, I mean, I guess it does. It doesn't serve the military-industrial complex. That doesn't make more yeah. money for Raytheon. World right. peace, you know, free energy. That really kind of fucks your pocketbooks if you, you know, are the CEO of Exxon Mobil. So Trump argues for dominance in space for America, an attempt to extend our hegemony to the stars. In 2017, Richard Doty admitted on camera that special assets projects do stage alien abductions to lay the psychological groundwork for an alien war in the future. Now, this is interesting. He claims that the government has crafts that we've made that function like alien UFOs and travel at these speeds. And they have had these crafts piloted by, for lack of a more sensitive word, deformed people that they can make up to look like aliens or people, you know, little people or something like that. Like it just strange. It's industrial light and magic. Yeah. His argument is basically that the military stages alien abductions to... Further push this idea that aliens are a threat that we will have to go to war with someday. Now, here we go into another one of the great unsubstantiated anecdotes that I hope is true. Uh, Greer claims to have had a meeting with the Crown Prince of Liechtenstein, a country you forget it exists until you hear it. <laughs> right, right. Now, this guy said that Greer's efforts were noble, but they would not be permitted. He says they met in New York City in July of 1994, and the Crown Prince told him in 1989, a group was actually trying to push for disclosure, a group that included George Bush One, Gorbachev, and Paris Tequeyer, which is the UN Secretary General. Now, while they were doing this, the UN Secretary General was abducted and was told by the people on the craft that if he went through with this, every pertinent leader would be abducted and experience torture and death and what have you. He then said that we must force a planetary war to bring about the return of Christ. Yeah. That- <laughs> a crazy prince, a crazy billionaire prince. You, you, that's what he thinks about. That's at, at that point, there's nothing left but trying to make Jesus come back. <laughs> I believe right. it. Yeah. And what's terrifying about that is that's also what Reagan believed. Yeah. Like Reagan was a dispensationalist. He thought that we needed to bring about an apocalyptic end times war to bring Jesus back. George Bush believes it. George Bush, George W. Bush, for sure. And Reagan also thought we had to sell a lot of cocaine in order to do that. (laughs) Yeah. And I I mean, let's be honest. That was probably George H.W. Bush. Oh, yeah. The Contra stuff, for sure. He went from director of the CIA to vice president. Kind of a Uh, Cheney before Cheney, you know? Yeah. And... You know, there was that whole thing where someone shot Reagan in very MK Ultra fashion. So I feel like George H.W. Bush was pulling a lot of the strings. Like, if he was there when this happened, I don't think we had any intent of disclosing anything. I had never I thought about the probably, Reagan. I'd never what? thought about the Reagan assassination in terms of MK Ultra. That does make too much sense, doesn't it? Well, yeah. It, it also did. sounds a lot like regular psychosis. But (laughs) I did a kind of reverse version of one of these episodes where I ran my 
the CIA tried to assassinate Reagan theory okay. past a couple of unsuspecting victims. And I believe it. Like, if you look back at that point in history, that's when the church committee hearings are happening and the CIA is being taken to task for MK Ultra and all this weird shit they were doing. Jimmy Carter comes into office and he's like, I'm going to reform the CIA. And right near the end of his first term, he starts doing that. And then as if by magic, the director of the CIA is like, you know what? I'm going to run for vice president. Historic. Had never been done before. And what happens after Reagan wins? Like a few short weeks later, someone with highly MK Ultra type motives tries to shoot Reagan. And then that, after that, I the forget CIA, it was so early into his term. You're right. Yeah. It was That's like almost after, like right after he was inaugurated. That's fucking interesting, Adam. This is your best work since Ace of Base was a Nazi band. I know I'm not the only one who believes this. Someone sent me an episode, I want to say, of The Whitest Kids You Know. Is that that's Oh, a I fucking show. love The Whitest Kids You Know. It's an excellent sketch show. Yeah. And I think it's them who did a skit about that exact same idea that oh, the CIA probably was behind the Reagan assassination. I guess that went over my head back when I was a 14-year-old sheeple. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, the CIA from there, they spent the 80s just wrecking Latin America and fucking selling cocaine yeah. in the United States. Freeway George Bush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. So if what Richard so anyway. Doty said, this whole stage abduction of the UN Secretary General, that was our own government. And they want to scare the public so they can get that sweet blood and that delicious treasure. So, yeah, that makes sense. If George Bush was there, that I would say that was our own government staging that. Yeah. If we had the technology, I mean, totally. Right. I mean, if yeah. they had the option, of course. I would be interested, like, I w Stephen Greer has to know how that technology worked, right? Please tell us. Oh, the zero point energy? The technology used to stage the abduction. Oh, like the, what the tractor beam is. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I actually yeah, yeah. haven't heard him really talk about that. Uh, that there's a I lot of... Know. I, I don't think he, well, I think he claims to have a general idea of how this stuff works, but a lot of these documentaries focus on him trying to buy the estate of people that have come up with free energy devices and getting outbid by anonymous bidders. Like, uh, <laughs> oh. I'll jump ahead here a little bit to Stanley Meyer, and I think we've covered Stan before, but uh, he had a car that ran on water, and he also had oh, a yeah. donut-shaped toroid electromagnetic device that generated massive amounts of energy, and the patent office totally ignored him. The military industrial complex did not. He ended up on the run for his life, moving from town to town, being chased and harassed by weird government spooks. And supposedly some high up rich people told him that we, we love your technology. We're looking for a friendly country to debut it in. Like they would go to fucking Africa and be Akon and do free energy. But he was poisoned and killed at, you guessed it, a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> and his secrets died with him. Dr. Greer tried to buy his files at auction in 2008, but he was outbid by an anonymous source. Ooh, spooky. Yeah, that is weird. It's pretty and, weird. Like, it stands to reason with all the other things we do in the name of keeping fossil fuels alive, that if technology like that surfaced, of course we would hide it. Now, this is another point in every Stephen Greer documentary is the petrofascists. Right. This and this is not like a, a a myth or anything. The cartel of oil companies that run life on Earth. Uh, yeah, they wouldn't want fucking free energy to come out. How do you sell someone something free? 
Right. That's the thing you heard with Tesla, like the last thing he was working on. Yes. Yeah, we're going to get to that. a free energy thing. There's that story about the light bulb that never burns out that I, I don't know where it is, but it's somewhere like it's displayed. It's been yeah. running ever since it was installed. Is that a and Tesla thing? I don't know if I've heard of this. The Centennial light bulb. It glows around the clock at the Livermore Pleasanton Fire Department. Ever been? Nope. Where, <laughs> I don't know where that is, but... Yeah, I it bet is. it's near the Cracker Barrel that fucking Stan Meyer died at. <laughs> oh, shit. It's in California. Oh, fuck it, Adam. Let's, let's we, go, dude. We absolutely should go. It's been burning since 1901. Fuck me. And 1901. Almost never been turned off. That's like JFK's Eternal Flame, but cool. Yeah, exactly. Now, here in the doc, Dr. Greer shares a little personal story about a colleague asked him why he didn't kill himself like his father did, who had known some of the same information. And he begins to cry, legitimately cry. It's a and heavy moment. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels very sincere. And he confides that he's lost many members of a team uh, to suicide. I've seen other documentaries where he's talked about like six of the people on his team got cancer in the same month. Yeah. Lost people to similar circumstances in uh, the serious documentary that he does. I pulled this little tidbit. Will William Colby, a CIA director, took Greer seriously and they had meetings together. And he said, when you talk about these things, there is some danger to your reputation and to your person. People do react violently to some charges. They have audio tape of him saying this. And right. April 27th, 1996, he died drowning in the Potomac River. His body was found nine days later. The report said, you guessed it, suicide. He had been a whistleblower on Wall Street Investors in a magazine called Strategic Involvement. Yeah, William Colby is an interesting character, too. He oh, was, you've covered him, too? I haven't covered him yet. I covered a book called The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence, which is the first book the government ever went to court to try and censor. Oh, that's it cool. A, it was in the 70s, like right around the time of the Pentagon Papers. And this former CIA agent just like defected, like the agency, not the country, and like went rogue and wrote this book. And they ended up making him censor a whole lot of it. But oh, wow. the stuff that's in there is fascinating. Oh, I got to listen to that. He eventually gets to William Colby. And What's that book called? Things, uh, it's called The CIA and the Cult of Intelligence. Okay. You can probably find it on eBay for cheap. It's way, way, way out of oh, print. Oh, it's one of those fucking books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's one of those books that has conveniently been lost. Dude, I, I, I got a killer occult bookstore by my house. Go to the Iliad oh. Books in, in North Hollywood, by the way. It's a fucking great small business. And oh, nice. I, I got a, a trilogy. I got all of Robert Monroe's fucking astral projection books about him teaching the CIA how to do astral projection. Oh, nice. Journeys out of the body, far journeys. I haven't read them yet, but uh, cool shit. That's amazing. Love yeah, a band I've, book. I Yeah, I need to bring them back but for a while there i was doing band media report episodes oh that's great cover stuff that has like fallen like that's kind of how the jonestown series started because i found this book called was jonestown a cia medical experiment <laughs> and here's the thing absolutely <laughs> oh my 100%. god that's awesome another thing yeah. that kind of reeks of mk ultra you know? Yeah, well, that's what that's just, what the theory is, is that he, Jonestown was like the field experiment version of MKUltra, because up to that point, it had all been done in hospital rooms and like psychologist offices 
And the next step is obviously you test it on a big group of people all at once. Real world. Yeah. And the thinking, like even at the time, there were like actual U.S. politicians after Jonestown, like like after everything happened, who were like, this feels like the CIA. Like this, this feels yeah, like. It just has their fingerprints CIA. all over it. Down yeah. to the down to the Kool-Aid, really. <laughs> yeah. Flavor-Aid. No, Flavor-Aid. That's right. God, to, to fucking die drinking off-brand shit. You know what I mean? Manded Flavor-Aid dodge a bullet there. Like, I'm not even drink, eating a poison Oreo. It's a poison JoJo from Trader <laughs> yeah. Joe's. Poison Hydrox. Ugh. Yeah. All right. Hydrox sounds like poison already. It does. This, to me, feels like kind of the keystone to every conspiracy with this, like, the petrofascists and the free energy. And why hasn't, like, why hasn't any, like, he makes this point in the last century. Why hasn't any new cool shit come out ever? Like, why why haven't we gotten any new, why has it been, like, since 1940 that we've fucking, I mean, you know, like an, an iPad, we little shit, but nothing substantial. It's still all oil and coal and bullshit. And even yeah. the fucking Tesla's cars, like the, the fucking, there's a five-year-old kid with a soot-covered face dying in the Congo, fucking pulling cobalt out of the ground. Like, it's not a clean, awesome alternative entirely. Right. So that's what kind of makes this shit so interesting to me. Uh, another anecdote he shares, the French Ministry of Defense reached out to Dr. Green in 2007 to train senior officials in the CE5 protocols. They were interested. They thought he had some of the sauce. They wanted a piece. During a test run in the countryside, they spotted a craft moving 2,000 kilometers per hour, probably just swamp gas. It then materialized close to the group for a blurry photo, which he shares in the doc. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this operation was swiftly halted by national security state interests. They said that the evolution of consciousness is a threat to the 1%. Higher consciousness dissolves the idea of differences between humankind. And the faculty for self-awareness is a singularity, which allows for a unitive state wherein aliens are just another kind of people, culture, consciousness, not foreign to us at all so they say that they don't basically they're trying to keep you asleep man and here's the thing like we might laugh it up about what's being said here especially like the idea like what they're getting at when they're talking about a higher consciousness a lot of it really boils down to like the secret or like the idea that you can manifest things by thinking of them and here's the thing or even just that you don't have to feel like shit all the time Yeah. (laughs) And like we laugh it up about that, but rich people believe that shit. The Prince of Liechtenstein is trying to bring Jesus back. You know, like there's I do do something called A Course in Miracles, which is like a 365 day workbook for inner peace, more or less. And Uh I did it because I found out that Jay-Z rapped about it and Beyonce talked about it. And I'm like, all right, if it's good enough for you, I'm (laughs) if Jay-Z does it. Yeah. And but I think that's what these people are interested at in that point in life. What do you have except inner peace to strive for once you know you're never going to have to work a second? You don't have to. Right. And so, yeah, I, like, I could see the 1% being like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, we don't, we don't really want people to know that. But also then how did the secret happen? Well, and then we can go back to King, uh, to Kennedy, Kennedy, King X, where they, they don't want you to know that we're people are all the same and that we'll have red colored blood and fucking pink colored brains. Yeah. Yeah. It's patently yeah. obvious. Yeah. There is evidence of that. Now, here's a corroboratable thing that I think is fucking fascinating. And this is another one that really sticks with me. The CEO of Lockheed Skunk Works, Ben Rich, gave a PowerPoint presentation at a college. And in the last slide was a black disc zipping off into outer space. And he then closed his talk by saying, we now have the technology to take E.T. home. 
he's fucking bragging about it. He's playing I'm not touching you with this shit, you know? Yeah. Like, this is kind of sick to me. Like, hey, we could make it so all electricity in the country is free, but fuck you. Yeah, that is kind of disheartening. But it it also, like, my most hopeful personal conspiracy theory is that it's kind of this, where we have the ability to pull ourselves out of global warming. Yeah. But we're not going to not sell all this oil first. <laughs> and then when it, and like, sure, millions, probably billions of poor people are going to die in the process. But yeah, no, eventually yeah. it's going to be Expendable. fine. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as and, they'll, they'll wait till it's like the, we got four days left to fix it. And they'll be like, all right, turn on the dehumidifier for the earth. And I think that is one of the facets of this conspiracy. Oh, yeah. And I think I've heard that from Stephen Greer that now they're kind of in a pickle in that they've had all this like free energy technology all this time. And had they deployed it back when we knew we had it, a lot of people would have not died. And so then what do you do? Like, then can you ever tell people that you that, have that we had the magic solution the entire time? That's a great point. Yeah. 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 That 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 really is painting yourself into a corner. Like copping to it, you you basically have to reveal like we are the Nazis. We just moved over here after the war was done. Yeah. And oh, that's not true. We're not the Nazis. No, we yeah. just have all their scientists and values and strategies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. America's the fourth Reich, baby. All right. So there's a guy in this documentary who uh goes up to this guy supposedly uh after this presentation, a man named Ben. He asked him how it all worked. No, not Ben. Ben is the CEO. Sorry, I'm fucking on my own notes. Guy asked Ben, how does how it all works? He asked this guy how it works. Ben tells him, how does ESP work? The man answers, all points in space and time are connected. And then Ben says, that's how it works. Now here, Greer goes on to elaborate on his theories a little bit. And he says that any ET craft seen on Earth must have faster than light travel. The Andromeda galaxy is however many million light years away. It would take however many million years to get here, traveling at the speed of light, the fastest possible speed. So any communication systems they have must also travel faster than light. And he refers to this at the speed of thought. He claims right. that the central operating system for interstellar, interstellar uh, civilizations is thought and technology that runs on thought. Uh, this is not exactly a foreign idea to every, not every religion, but most of them, there's quite a few of them, have this universal energy concept. Uh, Chinese called the chi. I forget who calls it mana. I think in Hawaii they call it prana. Some Japanese had ki, call it magic, magic with a K. If you were on the SciPog forums like I was when I was 12 years old, you'd call it Psy. There was an old website called Psychic Students in Pursuit of Guidance where 13-year-olds convinced themselves they could do telekinesis. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was sick. Uh, we had a good time. Am I completely incorrect in that thought is sort of how those things we called hoverboards that absolutely were not hoverboards, but that like tended to catch on fire and things like, isn't that kind of how those work? Like you just sort of think about what way you want to go. It does and, get to that intuitive, that level of intuitiveness. I yeah. don't think that's exactly what they're referring to. You could maybe say the same thing about a really well tuned up car or something like yeah. driving it around a racetrack or on a, a rally rally course. Yeah. Um, but this is like an interface of like your Apple TV, but you just think about Barry and then bang, you're watching it. I should have tried it, but at one point, and I'm going to be honest, the only reason I didn't try it is it was Domino's, but they claimed for a while to have a feature in their app where you could just think about what kind of pizza you wanted to order and it would like <laughs> pop up. Oh, and interesting. 
I swear, had it been like Papa John's or Pizza Hut, I would have been all in. But yeah, I can't not a Domino's guy. I can't even stomach Domino's for science. You don't like, like an impression of a pizza? You know, <laughs> hate it so much. It's like a third dimensional impression of something. It's all. It's all. It's not really bread. It's not really sauce. It's definitely not cheese. It all. It mm-hmm. looks in a Little Caesars is more of a pizza. Oh yeah, way more, way more. Now, uh, kind of getting into his universal consciousness stuff, Greer talks about astronaut Edgar Mitchell, who claimed to have an expanded state of consciousness while he was in space. And he later went on to found a uh, consciousness research facility. And he said that one of the messages he was received was that UFOs wanted us, or the aliens wanted us to develop this awareness. They want us to do this. And uh, he said, I theorize that there is a spectrum of consciousness available to human beings. At one end is material consciousness. At the other hand is what we call field consciousness where a person is at one with the universe, perceiving the universe, just by looking at our planet on the way back, I saw or felt a field consciousness state. And I'm reminded here of a Nikola Tesla quote I love. If you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So uh, so astronauts are getting woo-woo, you know? Yeah. Corroborating the the Greer dog. Yeah, and in terms of the idea that this technology might exist, but is being suppressed by the governments of the world. Like it's one of those theories that answers all all of a skeptic's questions. Like, and it's well, very interesting what, that this technology end? is kind of hidden in your own skull on some level, according right. to these people. Yeah, and you know, you might ask, well, to what end? Like, well, obviously, to serve the fucking oil industry and the fossil fuel industry, like our government yeah. does. So to sell Dodge cool. trucks, dude. Yeah, it's as simple as that. Like, of course, they would hide this technology if it exists. Oh, like, yeah. No, he, he here brings in a guy from the Princeton Engineering Anomalies uh, facility. A guy named Adam Michael Curry claims that consciousness is not as strictly produced by the brain. It's not like a byproduct of the brain. It involves the brain, but we may not be localized to our body, but rather a fundamental feature of the physical world in which we live. Like the brain is almost like a radio that picks up consciousness on a certain bandwidth. Yeah. And a uh, guy named Dr. Dean Radin, who's the chief scientist uh, at the Institute of Noetic Sciences, says the universe looks less like a big machine than a big thought. Quite interesting. Dr. Greer says yeah. consciousness transcends the limits of time and space as an unbounded field of awareness. Dr. John back at Princeton had people focus their awareness on a random number generator. Some of these experiments I thought were really interesting. And through only conscious effort, the numbers would shift dramatically towards zero or one, depending on the choice of the guy focusing. A machine designed to just produce zeros and ones at a certain clip responds to your attention to it. And I was reminded of something that's not in this documentary. They probably should have put it in. Uh, Maybe it hadn't happened yet. But someone asked the Dalai Lama, uh, does a random number generator have consciousness? And he thought about it for a second and he said... If you think it does, then it does. Yeah. Uh, Makes sense. There's another quote from Dr. Bohm, who is a a great physicist in this flow mind and matter are not separate substances. Rather, they are different aspects of one whole and unbroken movement. And my favorite, Erwin Schrodinger quote, the total number of minds in the universe is one. In fact, consciousness is a singularity phasing within all beings. So this is not a crazy idea to everyone in the scientific community, is I guess what he's getting at here. Yeah, this is something that people have been talking about since the fucking cat in the box guy. Yeah. And there's like there's just so many different versions of that idea, like that idea that, you know, you can shape your reality just by thinking about it yeah. hard enough. Like they're the first I mean, we, th- we thought hard enough about being conspiracy podcasters and it just happened. Just fell into our laps out yeah. of nowhere. Crazy. There's cocaine and stripper lifestyle. 
have you ever read the science of getting rich? No. We covered it as part of an episode about the three books that explain Donald Trump. And the science of getting rich is pretty much the first version of The Secret. Okay. And it's all, it came out in, I think, 1910. Kind of like Think and Grow Rich is very secrety. Yeah. I've read that one. And it's, it's the exact same thing. It's, you know, your thoughts determine what happens. But what's really fun about it is it happened, like that book came out when the New Age movement was also kind of taking root in this country. And it was a point in history when we took ghosts a whole lot more seriously as a society. So there's a whole section of this book that's just like, hey, don't worry about ghosts. Don't spend <laughs> your time bothering ghosts. They got other things to do. You ghosts worry are bad about, for money. You worry about making yourself rich. Those ghosts are going to keep you poor. <laughs> like, that's great advice. That is awesome. They'd be like, and, and uh, if Bigfoot shows up, you tell that homeless motherfucker <laughs> to hit the bricks. Get a job, Bigfoot. Another random number eight or generator uh, experience, experiment. Uh, they put a plant in the center of a room and they had a light hanging above the plant and the direction of the light was determined by a random number generator. It would point, just move randomly around the room. And they found that as time went on, it focused on the plant the majority of the time Despite having, let's say, you know, uh, nine locations in a in a square, you know, a one, you know, equidistant boxes of each other, the box that had the plan in it, number nine, number seven, whatever, was where the light shone the majority of the time. Again, an interesting idea that life can have some magnet to these things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like the random number generator lamp that they show. Oh this. yeah, that what you well, think about a color and it turns that fucking color. Yeah, that's nuts. And also, it feels like the kind of thing I'll probably end up buying on oh God, through yeah. an Instagram <laughs> ad like six months from now. Like, that's how that technology is going to be deployed. I'd be like, I'm fucking working on my psychic powers again. I got this motherfucker green for hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it'll just be a thing that lets my pet call me a bitch or something <laughs> instead of doing anything good in the world. Now, Greer claims that this shit is no secret to the government to the deep state, whatever you want to call it. He claims that the biggest classified projects deal with consciousness. And since the 1950s, U.S. has been fascinated with remote viewing. Now, this we know is like a historical fact. There was a 20-year program at Stanford that worked to describe what the Russians and the Chinese were doing, what direction the market would move. And in fact, once for nine forecasts, nine weeks in a row, they were all correct and made 120 grand for the project. This was an article in the New York Times. Uh, can't believe they let that one out. Yeah, I, I found that really interesting. I wasn't able to find the exact article because they called it the CIA. It, the headline said the CIA's crystal ball. And I want to find that original article. I found some with a similar title, but I don't think it's. Oh, I'd be interested to see it too. That's yeah. the thing that kills me about watching these documentaries is I wish there was a PDF I could just look to. I look through after and just read all this shit myself. Maybe there yeah. is. Well, yeah, especially with documentaries like this, there's so many things that a person like would conceivably want to go out and maybe sort of fact check for themselves. Like I would love if Dr. Rear had a receipt from the dinner where he met with the crown prince of Liechtenstein and shit like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. Was there no picture? Not just, a single picture? Just for my sake, when I'm talking about this stuff going, no, 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 there's proof. There's proof. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right, here he uh, drops an Einstein quote. Everyone who is seriously interested in the pursuit of science becomes convinced that spirit is manifest in the laws of the universe, a spirit vastly superior to man, and one in the face of which our modest powers must seem humble. Damn, what an eloquent motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. He... More, more proof that people take this shit seriously. He knew some shit, too. Now, uh, he talks a bit about the Hindu Vedas and the Buddhists kind of describing a lot of these almost superpowers. Uh, the idea to quiet your mind and you can look into the future, see through the distance, heal the sick, diagnose illnesses. And in the case of the uh, the CDs, they get even more Dragon Ball Z. He talks about levitation, teleportation, bilocation, trilocation, materializing, dematerializing, going through solid objects, precognition, telepathy. And there's a declassified CIA document that actually compares the behavior of UFOs. This is like from like the 40s or 50s in these terms to the Hindu CDs, to these powers written about in the Vedas, these ancient texts. And they read like something out of fucking Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Yeah, The government is going, hey, Dragon Ball Z is real. Uh, <laughs> the Hindus said that these things develop spontaneously and naturally with higher states of consciousness, and they weren't seen as an exotic phenomenon. That was just a fact. It's like when you learn to read, you learn to walk, you learn to ride a bike, you learn to teleport. You know, it's part of your life. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting idea. I wouldn't be surprised if you took all the high fructose corn syrup, porn, and Instagram out of my brain if I could do a lot more fucking shit with it, you know? Probably. Yeah. That's That's the question is like, how do you unlock all of that like there's books out there i know about things like this but oh i've looked at all of them <laughs> yeah and it still seems like no one i know has like been able to flip that into being able to like view things remotely or i anything. would i would get to the point where i would say that the most like documented psychic power actually might be ce5 just based on the number of videos they have i mean you saw the doc yeah. A lot of lot of videos from people around the world, different groups, places Dr. Greer's not even present at. And I'll give it to you that you can fake all of these videos. You can go into Adobe After Effects, but it's like they did it in 2007. It was they, some guy just was able to do Hollywood level and all over the world and every you know it's like it's they're all yeah. fake. Yeah, that's the thing. They can't all be fake. I mean, I know they can be, but. And I've it read, I've, I've been, I've been so interested unlikely. to going to a CE5 meetup for a while and um, I've kind of been on some of the, the groups or whatever. And you see people talking about it and I'm just like, some of these people, this guy's just John on Facebook. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure that he's an op. Right. I'm sure he charges for those, right? Because no. that. There's some that of them he charges for. He'll do like retreats where you go yeah. for like three days, but just to go to a CE5 event, um, like I said, a lot of them are decentralized. There's run by some dude named Larry who, you know, likes yeah. to meditate. Yeah, um, and it really, it's just like everyone getting together and focusing their energy on making contact with an alien. You kind of go fishing for aliens by meditating. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then he describes the process of bringing them to Earth where you sort of connect with them and then you vector them. Okay, you go, okay, okay, Milky Way, I'm in the Milky Way, uh, orbiting the sun, we're on the Earth, we're in this continent, we're in this state, we're in this county, we're in this location, and... um it all sounds like horseshit until you see these fucking glowing orbs in the sky doing like light shows and yeah. you go, okay, well now I don't know what the fuck to think about anything that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> yeah. And there's this, the, the interview with the guy who got his hearing back. Yes. Yeah. They've claimed some spontaneous healing stuff. And this is where like, I, I get a little skeptical because Greer describes uh, uh, an, an experience when he's young where he's, he's taken onto a craft. He, he, he merges with these ETs consciously. He connects with them. 
and they take him aboard his craft and he says they kind of develop these protocols together. And this is where I go, you're kind of set, this, I'm, this may very well have happened and you may very well be the guy they picked, but it does to me sound like a Christ figure narrative that is a little troubling. Now, yeah. the thing that kind of makes me more on the believey side is that Dr. Greer always looks tired and he always looks like he <laughs> wish he didn't have to do this. And like he seems bit. like he's here because of some deep moral obligation and he doesn't really hawk merch. He just kind of does seminars and perhaps he believes them, you know? Uh, yeah. I mean, like someone, he doesn't seem too shilly. Yeah. Someone in this has to have their heart in the right place. I would hope. I would hope. And I mean, the only way Stephen Greer wouldn't is if he's like actively working for the aliens. Because his whole thing is, <laughs> no, they're actually, like, they're pretty chill. Dude, and, that would be so funny if he was an op for the aliens, <laughs> and he's like, the invasion is going great, and I'm going to get all of that fucking trisomic gold or whatever. Yeah. Monatomic like, gold. That's the conspiracy thing, right? That's what it, the That's what the monotonic gold, that's what the Anunnaki's were here to get or something. Oh, I don't think I know about that. Yeah, that's when you get deep into the Gaia channel around four in the morning. <laughs> When the marijuana takes hold. All right. We'll go through a little more of his kind of... Uh, so basically, Dr. Greer's whole journey starts. He has a near-death experience when he's 17. He's very sick, and he's just wasting away dying. And he finds his one drop of human awareness merging with this oceanic cosmic mind. And this gets him interested in meditation. And he argues that like a hologram, every conscious or living entity contains within it the multitudes of the universe. You know, one part of it can be uh, used to recreate the whole. And he says this is available to us in a state of quiet. Uh, there's a Baha teaching, Baha'i teaching he references here. Dost thou reckon thyself only a puny form when the when with one within thee, the universe is folded? Hmm. Hmm. Deep. There's a little ancient alien stuff here talking about the Japanese saying that their civilization was given to them by people called the Dumu and what they called flying boats from the universe. Talks about some Sanskrit texts that have descriptions of flying crafts that predate, predate any conception, notion, idea of an aircraft. Uh, that's the thing about this stuff, too. It makes ancient aliens sound a little less stupid. Yeah. Ancient aliens is a thing I'm still really skeptical about just because so much of it boils down to like when you really reach the end of that journey a lot of it comes down to now these primitive fucks didn't figure in anything out it was time traveling aryans who yeah figured yeah, yeah, everything yeah. out and like it gets into theory, fan fiction very quickly and it like that theory kind of originates with the nazis because oh, the nazis dude. had that like wing that was just meant to like study Aryan influence throughout history. And they came back like, you're not going to believe this. We were there for everything. There's a fascinating Nazi scientist that was an, uh, ended up being another Operation Paperclip guy. And uh, what he did is he went back to the like Reichstag, I think it's called, which was like this castle that Hitler would build to just chill in. And he yeah. had like a satanic laboratory, like an inner sanctum where uh, fucking like... Um, uh, Goebbels or Himmler, whoever would fucking let's meditate on the race soul and let's try to yeah. reach the ice giants. Like they believed in like fairy tales <laughs> and shit. Right. Uh, but just, you know, stuff like flying boats, talking about flying boats. I mean, it's just weird. It's kind of weird. I don't totally disbelieve it, but I do think that it gets turned into a lot of racist fan fiction for sure. Sure. All right. So if consciousness can affect things at great distances, what does that mean for our relationship with beings who rely on consciousness? 
It's like Dr. John's random number generator experiment with surgical precision. The ETs use consciousness-assisted technologies, the science of consciousness, and all the physics that go with it. He's claiming that they got this shit locked and dialed in way better than us. We're doing like the fucking little toy experiment you get from the hobby store to, with a potato battery, and they're like actually building rocket, you know, the flying ships well, and all this shit. Speaking of technologies, I did not realize until I watched this documentary that there is a CE5 contact app. I've I've downloaded this app. I am on the verge of it, but it's also nine ninety nine. I on. think I paid for it. Let me see if it's still on my Where, phone. Yep, I oh, got there it. is no free version. I got it. I got it. I got it right here. It's just a lot of uh, guided medicate meditations. I so think. you, so it's like the Calm app, but for summoning aliens. Basically, I'm seeing here. There's a network tab where you can kind of. I think you I can hardcore into that idea. I think you can find uh, like a group. We should go to one of these things in Joshua Tree or something. Uh, so I, I think there's like you can find groups in your area. And uh, he just he's got like a guide which tells you that it's got these sections assembling a team, things to look for, meditation, gathering equipment. You've, we see them kind of signaling the craft with high powered lasers at certain points. They have I night vision cameras. A team is what we should do. Yeah. Just go do it ourselves. Oh, a kind of a, a crew of Ghostbusters. I'm a pretty good meditator. I've been meditating for a long time. I think I could uh, definitely lead some fucking CE5. I I'm into it. I'm way into it. Uh, there's a section called Coherent Thought Sequencing. Mm. And finally, Finding a Location. That's the guide. He's got an equipment list, a library, which looks like uh, meditations, tones. Oh, it, he's got, uh, it looks like a map of meteors and uh satellites so you can make sure that you're not looking at the wrong thing oh that makes sense it's kind of thorough you know a handy resource um the section electromagnetic phenomena they talk about measuring some of these things with like some of them you can see with night vision or you can pick up like strange emanations from an electromagnetic measuring device um and all the way to full-on visual contact with aliens like the guy who claims to have his healing healed they actually have a couple of fairly decent photos of this weird-looking little alien dude, and he does look friendly. He looks cute. Yeah, uh, he looks adorable. He looks like Casper. He does. Yeah, he looks like Casper while he was still alive in a weird yeah. fucked-up body. The and ghost, they, not the German rapper. Yeah, they said his name was Bijit, and yeah. there's this guy yeah. in the group who claims he's had hearing problems, hearing aids his whole life, and this alien showed up, and he could hear again. Yeah. He felt he a, like he went back to his room. He felt a pull to go back outside. He walked outside. This thing showed up and, you know, never used the hearing aids again, which is something that I think takes balls to say in a documentary. Like, hey, magic happened to me. You know, like I'm Ed from Ohio, but. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like no doctor has come forward and been like, no, well, here's what actually happened. Like. Yeah. No one has been like, well, ear, ears spontaneously heal themselves all the time. Yeah, and he's not wearing hearing aids, so we know that part. Unless he was just falsely wearing hearing aids his whole life, just <laughs> building up to that one moment. I can't wait. I'm going to impress Dr. Greer so bad. He's going <laughs> to like me so much. That was him in 2000. Crazy. Yeah. Been wearing uh, hearing aids for 20 years. And between all these different mediums of sightings, they have. there's just like a fucking, there's countless videos of these things throughout the documentary. Countless. Yeah, a lot of video. And from all over the world. I would say possible to fake, but difficult. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if you had the ability to fake a video like this, like, is that what you would even be doing with your time? Like, you're just hoping to be Trolling. footage in a Stephen Greer 
documentary like you could just go make movies and shit like go get a job i guess the satisfaction would be getting idiots like me to kind of believe in this stuff you'd be like oh my god they're still buying it yeah so if that if you're doing that good on you congratulations weird motivation well you've got me to buy a lot of documentaries on amazon like stephen greer would kind of almost have to be a part of that for that to be oh definitely because even one of the videos he shows involves him you have it here in the notes where he meditated on the three aspects of CE5, yes, which are thought, light, and sound. And when he was doing that, all of a sudden, a crop circle appeared in a field near him, and it was three circles. It's like circles. 92, and they've got grainy VHS footage of this. Now, right. did Stephen Greer go make a crop circle and then just pan the camera over? I suppose he could have. Um, I Correct. don't. I don't know why he would do that. So that the CIA would want to kill him? So that people would think he was a kook, you know? His Wikipedia yeah. article, go read Stephen Greer's Wikipedia article. It's like, this fake, lying, fake, fake piece of shit <laughs> is a fake asshole, and he's never said the truth ever. My only question about, like, the CIA stuff is, like, then why does he get to make these documentaries? Yeah. Like, what to what end, you know? Like, if the intelligence community in general, he says, is so, like, on his tail, why does he keep getting away with... Like, why hasn't he been assassinated? That is interesting. I guess the idea is that you want him to do more harm alive. Like, you just want him to sort of make him out to be a turd in the punch bowl and people don't take him seriously. Like, oh, you believe in aliens? Like, that fucking woo-woo guy who says they're made of magic? Yeah. People that have never been on FBI.vault.gov? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that has been the tactic for a long, long time is, well, just any conspiracy theory, just like the phrase alone. Yeah. That's enough. Like that person's clear. The phrase is almost crazy. I would I would almost call it a slur. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Especially it was, it was if, made up by a, a an organization in a position of power to discredit underlings. It's such an effective branding campaign. Oh yeah. Though. And once you're a conspiracy theory, you're associated you're with Bigfoot, you're with ancient aliens, you're with all of it. You're in that category. You're in that section oh, yeah. of the bookstore, yeah. you know? And yeah. where did where I always think like where the fuck did new ideas ever start? Gravity was a goddamn conspiracy theory. The fucking Earth being the center of the universe was was was, was the sun being the center was a conspiracy theory. You yeah. know, like do we ever think outside the box anymore? Like it doesn't seem so. Yeah, I mean, it, it really at the end of the day, if you're one of those, I don't believe conspiracy theories, like just whole cloth. Well, so that means you just like implicitly trust the government. <laughs> yeah, which, that sounds that's a so lot sillier. Yeah, yeah. That, like, the American government? <laughs> the Fourth that Reich? One? Yeah. Like, you know what we've done, right? Well, he goes through a few other notable CE5 experiences. I think we've described the process enough. You chill out, you connect the aliens, you, you politely ask them to come say what's up, you give them directions. It's, it's like ordering a prostitute, really. It's very... <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sex, much, yeah. Sex worker. Excuse me. I'm sorry. He does mention at one point that no humans have ever been harmed. Yeah. At one of these the events. CE5 I mean, they've event. had their healing healed and, you know, had experiences where you see these people and like, I don't know, it, it, it's similar to when Dr. Gruce started crying. I'm just like, I, I buy it. Like, I buy that you are moved as fuck for some fucking reason. Like... There's a video, there's a picture they show of like an, an almost an octopus tendril of light going into a guy's chest and they interview yeah. the guy and you just go, something happened to that guy, you know, like he felt something. Yeah. I don't think that was just a lens flare. 
Yeah, at some point, so many people have done this. It's hard to imagine that everyone is lying. Yeah. He describes another early session where before he vectored the aliens to him, he sent them over his hometown. And this was actually caught uh, and documented by local air traffic controllers talking to pilots. And he actually has the audio in the documentary. An insider had leaked the tapes. And they, there's a guy who goes, uh, I don't believe in flying saucers, but I don't know what fuck this is. So yeah, he's, it was interesting audio. Interesting audio. I guess you could have faked it, but he believes that this was the alien showing him they could follow very specific instructions. Like they were really connected to his awareness. Yeah, that's one of those things where you're right. It would be nice if you could just like hit his website and get links. Yeah. To like kind of verify some of these things. I put this together kind of short notice. I, I, I should I would have liked to gone through and find all that shit and see what I actually could corroborate. But there's in any documentary like this, there's so much. It's that, a fucking like, lot. Going out and corroborating each piece is, you know, a little more work than you should have to do as yeah. Yeah. the viewer. And it does sometimes make me a little skeptical when I'm watching. Me too. Where I'm like, is this a really good story I'm enjoying? Is this a story? Am I might be yeah. told a, a compelling story. Yeah, uh, there's a series of documentaries out there. The first one is called Sir No Face. And it's this documentary filmmaker from Santa Monica named Chad Kalick. And his stuff is just such bullshit. And he's the type who will be like, yeah, we have evidence of this. Anyway, moving on. And it's like, can we see it? Can we see the evidence? Like, no, it's my dead man switch. I can't release it. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Good times. Um, Gru says our level of consciousness is proportional to our level of technology. That's why our technologies are primitive, violent, and destructive, just like us. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. does make sense. He talks about Nikola Kardashev at the Kardashev scale. Uh, it's a scale for measuring the development uh, technologically of a civilization. And he says that level one civilizations harness, use, control, store all of the energy on the planet. This is every volcanic vent in the ocean floor, every fucking ray of sunshine. We have that much energy. Uh, and at that level, it kind of implies what I always like to think of as a post-scarcity Star Trek economy where jobs are, I don't know, either optional or something you do for three hours a week and yeah. you have plenty of food. There's no it's abundance. And he says at this level, Greer thinks the civilization focuses on the development of consciousness and conscious breakthroughs are translated directly into technological breakthroughs. And I would say that uh, the level of human consciousness hasn't evolved much in the last 200 years. No, it doesn't seem like it. Warlike, jingoistic, you know, exclusive, capitalistic, yeah, it, greedy. I mean, it seems like it's getting worse, if anything. I think like, there are like some hippies and professors and weirdo. I mean, you know, there's there's cool people and p cooler people getting cooler. But I think it's a very small minority. And, yeah. I, and I don't think anyone's going, hey, like, wake up to kindness and fucking... No. Live like, beautifully. <laughs> it's like buy yeah. Diet Coke. Fuck this guy. Pete Davidson yeah, is fucking any, her. Not to any real degree, and especially not with like politicians and things. There's like there's some progressives out there, and I'm interested to see what happens as their career goes on and if they, you know, rise to a little more prominent. Progressives like you're talking like the squad, like AOC and them? Yeah. Like I'm I'm honestly curious if if like, they just they, get sucked into the machine you know what i mean yeah that or do they get assassinated like yeah, yeah. does it turn into a oh whoops QAnon did it 
like it was just crazy QAnon people, definitely not the government. I could see something like that transpiring where it gets blamed another wave of on, those assassinations. Yeah, but it gets blamed on people like thinking like the cabal. And it's like, yeah, but where did QAnon come from? Like <laughs> like it didn't it didn't grow out of the ground. Like yeah. there is a government of some sort behind that. It takes a lot of juice, you know. Yeah, and it's so effective. Like it's basically a new religion now. Oh my god, it, the the impact it's had on our culture is kind of amazing. And like that, I you, can, you're talking about you saw a Trump DeSantis flag uh, outside your place, mm -hmm. and that like the, yes, we're making fucking fan fiction flags because of this shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the that that is a thing I genuinely worry about. Like we in this country do not treat progressives well as they start climbing the ladder. I think we don't have Paul any Wellstone, use for them. They don't make people buy more Diet Coke. You know, right. like, Paul Wellstone is someone who I sincerely believe was assassinated, even though he died in a plane crash. But I pretend I don't know who Paul Wellstone is. He was a senator from Minnesota who was one of the only people in the Senate who was a vocal opponent of the second war in Iraq and just our general, you know, plans in the Middle East. Well, the, uh, and, the third wave or the second wave of uh, Warner Von Braun's uh, <laughs> timeline. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, you know, politically active at a time when the Senate was like really close to deadlocked and him dying when he did really cleared a lot of the opposition that Bush and Cheney would have faced. Oh, was it coming you down know? to one vote? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it would have come down to one vote. And like there was just there was no one else besides Paul Wellstone who was really, really had the courage to speak out against it. Because if you remember at the time, people were getting like early 2000s canceled yeah. for criticizing. You the could war not be anti. It was an anti-American to do something like that. Right. Yeah. You know, wasn't yeah. that that was the narrative. And the there's a book about his assassination that is another one of those that's very, very hard to find now. But it makes some really compelling arguments that his plane was probably downed intentionally. The weird part was that after his plane crashed, he shot himself in the head twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like every. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I really am starting to think that the only reason Stephen Greer is alive is because they think, oh, this is doing more harm than good <laughs> to like yeah. his own movement. Yeah, he's not like I don't think he's having much impact on public opinion. He is with his like you he know, goes limited. on the Logan Paul show and stuff, but they're just like they're like, what do the aliens look like? They're not really like, I don't know, getting the message of oneness and unity. Yeah, he's not on like ABC News. Or anything like that. He's on, like, he's on 4D with Demi Lovato, a podcast I found out exists today uh, <laughs> that I must become a describer of. What is what is 4D? Well, that would be Demi like the fourth dimension, Adam, beyond right, 3D. Right. So she has like a paranormal podcast? It's something like that. Like uh, it seems just kind of woo-woo, new age, spiritual, which I'm not even using mm. as a slur. I'm, I'm into all that shit. I just I told you earlier I'm a, stu a, course, a student of A Course in Miracles. But um, I'll just tell you a funny story about the 4D is uh, when I was uh, when I first got diagnosed with bipolar disorder, I was in the mental hospital and there was a guy in there I've been talking to. And uh, this guy, I won't, I won't say his name, but he's a nice guy. Uh, but he was out there. You know, he was fucking out there. 
as was I at the time. And we're sitting in the the day room watching Family Guy like eight o'clock. And he goes, uh, hey, can you see 5D? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no. And he's like, ah, shit, it's like right over there. Can you see it? And I was like, no. And at the time I was like, fuck, that sucks. I want to see 5D. (laughs) (laughs) That would be fun. Yeah, would be fun. I think, uh, you know, we can go through uh, this Lost Century stuff, but we're getting a little long here. Um, Yeah, I think we could probably, because the Lost Century, it's kind of a lot of the things we've been talking about, right? It's it's a lot of patents getting squashed. It's people getting labeled with what he calls crazy inventor syndrome, where they make them out to be a kook and they never want to fucking make their, he's trying to get these people to make their patents public or make their inventions public, but they're like, no, I'm going to be rich. And they all die before they're going to be rich. Spoiler alert. So yeah. uh, there's a lot of these different cases. It's a very interesting documentary. It's an, and similar to when you see the preponderance of CE5 footage from all these events all around the world, when you see just this deluge of like people that like, you know, newspaper articles about fucking toroids that produce thousands of kilowatts with no power and a light bulb that you put in nine kilowatts and you get out 100 kilowatts and a car that runs on water and something you hook up to your cabin air filter and your fucking CRV that gets it 44 miles per gallon better. It's uh, it's all you're like, OK, one of these fuckers had to have something that worked like one of these fucking crackpot devices actually did something and uh yeah absolutely they argue that it's a anti-free market uh you know he says that there's a hundred years goes and cites some of these like uh uh, government docs and um inventions and stuff that that date back to like before 1920 so he argues that it's been over a hundred years of technology that's been lost or or innovation that we've essentially been cheated out of as a public yeah and it I mean, they're right that it's that kind of goes against the idea of the free market, but also that's the free market at work. Like, <laughs> yeah, the free market's not going to embrace something that they can't make money. No, with. everybody except you wants it to fail, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that would be that would be a very alienating position to be in. <laughs> yeah. Thank God I never invented free energy. I don't want I don't want to be killed by the men in black. Yeah. Yeah, no shit. I would love to see the fucking Indiana Jones warehouse where all this stuff is. And he's like, oh, here's the hoverboard that you're never going to ride. Nope. Yeah, Harry Reid kind of implies that, that that warehouse exists. Harry Reid is weirdly lit with this shit, isn't he? That's right. Yeah, he's he's way tied in to all of this stuff. I guess Senator from Nevada, I mean, he'd have to know about um, Area 51 adjacent, maybe on some level. Yeah, he was... When the first UFO videos started coming out in 2017, that first wave of Navy videos in that New York Times article, which this documentary basically implies the New York Times is a wing of the CIA (laughs) and like, no. Yeah, it's not hard to do. Yeah, no way. And uh, Harry Reid is all over that article. And at one point he talks about there being this facility where a bunch of stuff is stored and he says something along the lines of if anyone tells you that we know where the things in that facility came from, they are lying to you. Oh, interesting. I, I think always of Tesla because he's such he's a guy that I think we've all kind of accepted knew more than anyone has ever known about this. Like he was yeah. just kind of tapped into this the source or on some level. And he had this uh, over unity system, an over unity system. That's the idea that you get more energy out of something than you put in. Um, free energy devices suggest there's a limitless supply of usable energy always coming into reality because in empty space, there are these tiny particles phasing in and out of existence. And in that is a source of energy. And it was a giant tower that he supposedly had in resonance with the whole earth. 
And he said that anywhere you were on earth, you could draw energy from this tower. It was, you could tap into it. And he brought it to JP Morgan, who was immediately like, oh, thank you so much. I'm going to fucking shut this down right now. Yeah. And when he died, all of his papers were confiscated by the manager of the hotel and some government spooks. So you have to wonder. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that, that version of the Tesla story a bunch. Is and, there another one? Um, No, I just like, that's just a thing I know about Tesla that he yeah. had these ideas that well, he you said know, he could make a death ray that would fucking its range would be limited only by the curvature of the earth, you know, like shit like that. Yeah, that's nuts. And I believe him. No, he was also uh, he was I believe he was here's the thing. He was married to a pigeon and I believe him. <laughs> yeah, he was a pigeon. Was he fucking married genius. to a pigeon? Not technically, but you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> On the comedic level. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it stands to reason that. There have to be other energy sources out there than fucking coal. Well, even like I've always since I was in like high school, I've been like, why don't we use more nuclear energy? Just fucking pick a spot in Arizona and put the toxic waste there. And it's practically free. Like, it's kind of incredible. Uh, And we and we we even shut all that shit down. That shit was too fucking harmful to coal and fucking and, and the shale and fracking and crude oil and all of it. Yeah, I mean, I hasn't been a new feel, nuclear reactor in this country since like 1970. Yeah, which is crazy. Homer Simpson is working on ancient equipment. Yeah, if you look up our our biggest nuclear disaster in this country, Three Mile Island, also Hooters best wing sauce by <laughs> a million miles. Is that really a Hooters wing sauce? It sure is. That fucking and rips. That's like the the 911 potato wedges. Like. <laughs> Well, they did also for a long time. Still after nine eleven, they had nine one one wings. Oh, fuck. And I feel like this. I feel like the unpopular opinion podcast might have played a role in those going away, <laughs> because we made a big deal out of how fun it was to go to Hooters and order the nine one one wings, but call them nine eleven wings. Oh, that's a, that's a very very fun. And see if you're your waitress by the end starts also calling them 9-11 wings. It's, and if she does, you win. I went to Ireland and I'm in Dublin looking at like the memorial of the, of the car bombings with the IRA and all that fucking the troubles or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, we have a drink named after that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, sure do. like flowers on the ground, the woman crying. Did you see the murals? Uh, oh no, I don't think so. Are those, I think those are in Northern Ireland. I did go to Northern Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Those fucking bootlickers. <laughs> Very intense. So, yeah. What what else? Do we have... Do we have anything else? Um, we can go through some of these free energy cases. Uh, but I don't think... Um, I think we're good. Yeah, I think... I, I, I think we did it. Like, yeah, I guess my thoughts on Stephen Greer, like, I want... I want to believe he has his heart in the right place. Yeah. But... I also kind of feel like there's room in this for a version of events where everyone is the government, including oh, yeah. Stephen Greer. That's that's what I worry about the most. Because that this is that Stephen Greer is the guy designed to keep the people actually asking questions. But, oh, okay, like to keep us with give us a little toy to placate us. Right, and all it's going to take is him doing like one of those CE five things where an alien shows up and like smacks the shit out of somebody. And then he's going to be like, well, I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> They're right. 
some or, of these aliens are a problem. Or what if he's like, hey, uh, CIA? Yeah, the, the guys in Brazil, we've been meditating for about 25 minutes. So you got a five minute warning to do this like uh, maneuver. <laughs> yeah. And keep these fucking hippies, you know, in, in the dark. Yeah. I, I would say, like I said, I said to you over text, I'm, I'm about 85%, 90% in which is a very high percentage for me to be in on a conspiracy theory. I don't even, even as an Elvis truther, I think I topped out at 80%. Yeah. Believing Elvis is still alive. Something that's really confirmable and concrete. I'm sorry. Did you say 180%? (laughs) Because that's where I'm at on, not necessarily still being alive. Yes, but I don't think he necessarily died. There's also work with uh, the DEA. There's also a very hard to find book about that out there. Fuck about Elvis's. I've become a big band book collector. We got this. This is all good stuff to know. I got a copy of Woody Allen's Without Feathers in my bathroom. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Yeesh. Yeah, I have um, one of the things I bought for the band media report series that I never got into is a book called The River: A Journey to the Origin of AIDS. Oh. And it is one of the problems. It's like a biography of the monkey that bit the guy. (laughs) It's like 800 pages long. Oh, fuck. Very long. And so you might have to waste the whole week to find out it sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's an interesting book. It got a lot of attention and acclaim at first. And then people took issue with like one detail the guy got wrong. And Rolling Stone magazine came out and was like, yeah, we shouldn't have given this any attention. We're sorry. And people gave up on the idea on the kind of band i don't know if these books aren't really banned they're just sort of laughable i suppose or laughed at but uh just about everything that dr greer says also lines up with uh channeled texts from the 70s uh the seth material by jane roberts and oh, yeah. the law of one uh channeled by raw and uh, that was uh, i know i don't know as much about the seth material but i know that uh the law of one was channeled under like i guess what you might call laboratory or university conditions um, and I think yeah, we, Seth material was too. I think we covered Seth on Pretty Scary. Yeah, Seth is interesting. Raw is interesting. Of course, in Miracles too is um, you know uh, reflects a lot of the shit uh, that uh, Greer talks about. So there's a weird um, corroboration from you know, like I said, those channeled books that is very woo woo and spiritual and odd. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to cover all that shit. Yeah, I would love point. to do a fucking um, do a do a raw episode or a, a law of one episode, even a course of miracle episode. Course of miracles is fucking weird. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I would definitely cover that on a pod. Yeah, cool, cool, man. But uh, yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We're we're pushing two hours here. Connor, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I got to plug something. My comedy special live yes. in Tucson is dropping on my YouTube channel. Just at Connor McSpadden on there. Uh, this is my my life's work. This is uh, all of my greatest jokes about pussy drugs and racism. Stephen King once said that he uh, thinks of his writing as a, like a McDonald's burger and fries and a Coke. Like, that's kind of what I give you. It's a lot of fun. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope you enjoy it. Check it out. Uh, all the Conspiracy of the Show heads uh, that have uh, been DMing me weird shit over the years. I love you. Uh, and that comes out when? That's out August 1st. Sorry. Very nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Thanks, Doug. Um, I don't really have it. There's so much going on with the network. I don't, it seems like conspiracy. The show is the only thing that hasn't really changed that much, but uh, lots of things in flux up in the air with the network. So I don't really have anything to plug right now. If I do, I'll drop an ad in for it or something. Uh, 
Let's get the fuck out of here. Connor, say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.